Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome in to a very special episode of Sports Corp. And as always, I'd like to thank for listening, however and wherever you may be listening. It is indeed a very special episode today because we are about to get ready and predict Week 2 NFL action. So just sit back and enjoy yourself as I predict each and every game that's going to take place over the course of the NFL Week Number 2 slate of games. I'll go ahead and quickly say this to you because I know that some of you weren't present for Friday's episode of Sports Court, what I did during the course of that episode was that I took four games at random and I predicted them for you on that episode. And for a little bit of a refresher, the four games that I predicted goes as follows. I predicted that the Detroit Lions would defeat the Seattle Seahawks. The Cincinnati Bengals would defeat the Baltimore Ravens. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And finally, the Cleveland Browns will defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to be the second game of that doubleheader Monday night affair that they're going to have this upcoming Monday night. So if you're someone that's looking forward to Monday night football, just know that there will be two games instead of the customary one game that we usually are privy to seeing each and every Monday night during the course of the NFL season. I feel mixed about those games. And that's the reason why I picked those four games, because out of those four, there are at least two of them that I feel somewhat confident about. I feel confident in the fact that the Detroit Lions are going to beat the Seahawks. And I also feel confident that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Cincinnati defeating Baltimore, that depends on which side of the fence you happen to land on. Neither team really looked all that great last week. And if you ask Joe Burrow, he's looking forward to erasing the memory of what he did in week number one so that he can come out and have a bounce back performance in week two. And Cleveland, if you just look at this matchup on paper between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Browns, on paper, the Cleveland Browns have the better roster right now. But just because you have the better roster on paper doesn't necessarily mean that once it's time to step out there between the hash marks, All of that collective talent is going to show up and lead you to a dominant victory. So that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of hesitant about what we're going to see on Monday night from the Cleveland Browns. 
But if they can build upon what they did in week one, which wasn't necessarily much considering the fact that Burrow didn't have a great day at the office for Cincinnati, Cleveland should come out of this game unscathed and with another win in the win column in the early portion of this 2023-2024 NFL season. The one game that we did not talk about yet is a game that we've already talked about. And I talked about it on Friday's show. I led with this game on Friday's show. I predicted that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to defeat the Minnesota Vikings. And it wasn't one of those defeats that you can look back on and say to yourself, Philadelphia physically imposed their will from start to finish. Now, they imposed their will when it came to rushing the football. But other than that, Philadelphia has been a very pedestrian type team in these first two weeks of the season. And I know Eagle fan doesn't want to hear me say that, but let's just call it how we see it. Other than a few special plays every now and then, Philadelphia has been a shell of the team that we saw reach the Super Bowl just a season ago. Jalen Hurts, these first two weeks of the season, has been outplayed by Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins. Can he bounce back? Of course. Because if you're Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and the teammates surrounding him, you expect him to bounce back. Because he's the guy that's your franchise quarterback and one of your most vocal leaders in that locker room. So if you're expecting anything short of a bounce back from Jalen Hurts, then you need to be in some other type of business. Because Jalen Hurts is going to come out there and give it everything that he has. And I believe that he will bounce back and the team will bounce back. And they will start to kind of build upon what they did last season. But this is one of the reasons why, when you think about a team like the Eagles, why they struggle so early on during the course of the regular season. The reason why some teams struggle at the beginning of the season is that you don't really see their starters play in the preseason. And that's the reason why anytime you have a conversation with someone who's anti-preseason games, you kind of have to look at them and say to yourself, why are you anti-preseason when that gives the starters an opportunity to go out there and become acclimated with each other so that there's not a lull period Once the regular season gets underway, I guarantee you something. If Nick Sirianni would have started Jalen Hurts and those Eagles starters for at least one of the three preseason games that they played in, this rust that we're seeing from them would not exist. Sean McVay was one of the first coaches to start this phenomenon of sitting his star players out in the preseason. And other teams started to latch on to that idea once they saw how successful it was working out there for the Rams and Sean McVay. But I think as more and more teams come into the early portion of the regular season with rust on them, the more and more we're going to start to see that phenomenon start to overturn and more coaches are going to start becoming more willing to put their starters out there so that they can get those vital reps that they need before the regular season gets underway. That's the only thing that I really see from Philadelphia right now is that there's a lot of rust. Jalen Hurts doesn't necessarily look comfortable like he should for a guy that's just been paid what he was paid over the course of the offseason. But I don't believe that this is the right time to start writing Philadelphia's obituary just yet. There's still 15 more games left in their season. So I think that they can turn it around. And I still think right now the two best teams in the NFC happens to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, while I also believe that the Dallas Cowboys are making a very strong case to be in that conversation as well. So those are some more of my takeaways that I had from the Vikings-Eagles game that took place on Thursday night. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, I'll just go ahead and say it. Kirk Cousins right now has a collective record of 11-19 and in primetime games. 
But Kirk Cousins wasn't the reason why the Vikings lost that game. There were some squandered opportunities throughout the course of that game that caused Minnesota to come up short. But anytime that you have a quarterback that throws for over 300 yards and four touchdowns, nine times out of 10, you're supposed to win that game. Nine times out of 10, you're supposed to be the team that walks out of that stadium with the confidence heading into your next game. And that was something that we didn't see from Minnesota. So Minnesota defensively is the thing that's continuing to hold this team back. Offensively, they have the pieces in place. Now, I will say that Alexander Madison right now, and I think we knew this coming into the season, Alexander Madison is no Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is in a league of his own as it pertains to the top running backs in this sport. Whereas Alexander Madison has spent so many seasons backing up Dalvin Cook that now that he's been thrusted in that starting role, you have to ask yourself, is he truly ready for the role that it takes to be in that starting running back position? And one of the things that I saw over the course of the past few hours or the past day or two was that Alexander Madison took to social media to vent some frustration about fans that left a lot of disturbing messages in his DMs about his performance because if you remember correctly we talked about this on Friday Alexander Madison was one of the Vikings players that fumbled throughout the course of the game Kirk Cousins had a fumble a strip sack Justin Jefferson fumbled the ball as he tried to extend it out into the end zone to score the touchdown and Alexander Madison fumbled himself as well and Alexander Madison was talking about how fans started to come for him started to send out all those disturbing and nasty messages and listen guys I talked about this a few episodes ago when those Alabama fans were being critical of those Texas players celebrating the victory on the sideline. Is this how far we've sunk into as a society where one guy fumbles a football and now everybody wants to berate him? Listen, we have to be better than that. Alexander Madison, yes, his fumble was costly, but so was Justin Jefferson's fumble. So was Kirk Cousins' fumble. So was some of the play calling that Kevin O'Connell did down the stretch. And so was some of the defensive signals that Brian Flores was sending in from time to time. But let's not try to single out one guy and let's not resort to that type of tactic trying to infuriate someone just because they didn't live up to the standard that you had set for them. There are many different ways as a fan that you can vent your frustrations, but directly calling out someone and using all sort of vile language to berate someone just because they didn't do what you wanted them to do let's that's not the way to go let's be better let's do better because what I think sometimes we forget and I'm not saying that this is everybody but this is a large collection of people what we tend to forget at times is that these athletes before they're athletes they're human every human person on this earth has feelings whether they want to admit it or not everyone has their own feelings and how people tend to cope with things like that varies from person to person but you could tell and you could sense from Alexander Madison that that ticked him off quite a bit that fans resorted to using that type of language to describe his performance let's be better let's do better I just wanted to say that I couldn't hold that in until Monday's show I wanted to bring that up to you tonight let's go ahead and predict some games shall we I want to start with the early window game number one the Chicago Bears will travel down to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. This is a tale of two different teams from week number one. In week one, we saw the Chicago Bears play host to their NFC North rival, Green Bay Packers. And we all kind of gotten a sense of what the Packers are going to be. 
They're going to be a team that's trying to transition out of the Aaron Rodgers era into the Jordan Love era. And no one really thought anything of the Packers heading into that game. Christian Watson didn't play. And Jordan Love, this would be his first full opportunity to go as the Packers starter for the duration of a season. So no one truly thought anything noteworthy was going to come from the Packers side of the ball. And next thing you know, you look up at the scoreboard and the Packers are leading that game. And Justin Fields and the Bears were having a bad day at the office. Do I think that that's going to carry into week two? No, I don't. I believe that the Bears are going to come out. They're going to open this playbook up and they're going to take the training wheels, so to speak, off of Justin Fields because he even elaborated on that fact after that game in week one where he said that he felt as though he was being a little bit too conservative in that game. And that's what caused them to fall behind and never really reclaim the spot that they were looking to claim in that game. Now, on the flip side, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are coming off of a victory that many people are looking at themselves saying that they didn't deserve. If you really take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and compare them to the Minnesota Vikings, this is one of those on paper matchups where the Vikings on paper is a far more superior team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right now. But the Buccaneers went into Minneapolis, got that victory, and now they open up their home slate of games against the Bears. Now, who do I think is going to win this game? I think the Bears are going to win this game. And I think that they're going to have to do it by, once again, opening up that offense so it's not nearly as conservative as it was in week number one. And that defensive front is going to have to put pressure on Baker Mayfield early and often to make him uncomfortable, to make him extend plays, make him get outside the pocket. And if you can make him uncomfortable and if you can force him into a few turnovers, then I think you guys are going to win the game. So I think collectively the Chicago Bears should walk away from Tampa Bay with a win. Next up. We have the Green Bay Packers traveling down to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Falcons showed up in a somewhat semi-big way in week number one when they played host to the Carolina Panthers. Once again, we've just talked about what the Green Bay Packers did to the Chicago Bears. I think this game is going to come down to which running back tandem do you like. If you look at Green Bay, you have Aaron Jones, who there were a lot of reports coming out during the course of the week that he wasn't 100%. And then you have Bijan Robinson and Taylor Algier over in Atlanta. I like that tandem better than the tandem of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Now, I still have immense respect for Aaron Jones, but I think that Bijan Robinson and Taylor Algier would be the tandem that I would want to go with. And I also think that if you look at Atlanta from a skill position standpoint, they have a lot of young playmakers, and that's ultimately what you want to see in a game like this early on in the season. Both teams are still trying to find their footing, so to speak. I think Atlanta's going to win this game, and I think it's going to simmer down the talk about Jordan Love being the quarterback for the remainder of the season. Now, I still think he's going to be the quarterback for the remainder of the season, but then we're not not really sure if Christian Watson's going to play in this game, Romeo Dobbs, if he's going to play. So there are just too many unknowns for me right now to really put any type of stock into the Green Bay Packers. So I believe that the Falcons are going to win this game. Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts traveling down to Houston to take on the Texans. This game is interesting for a number of reasons. Number one, hopefully we're going to see a matchup between Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. There was a report that came out in the latter portion of this week stating that C.J. Stroud had been added to the injury report with the shoulder injury. That's going to dampen D'Amico Ryan's expectations for what this team can do offensively now. 
anybody that's listened to this pod for any considerable amount of time before the draft took place back in April, I spoke highly of Davis Mills because I felt as though Davis Mills could be that quarterback that you need to move your team into the future. Obviously, Houston didn't agree with me. They decided to go out and draft C.J. Stroud. No harm, no foul, no hard feelings on that front. Houston has an opportunity to make a very bold statement. Because we know how the AFC South plays out every single year. There's that one team that's on top of the division and everybody else had a very disastrous season and they don't really do much of note. I believe Houston can dispel that notion. I believe that Houston can enter into a tie for first place in the AFC South with a win. And when I look at Indianapolis, I don't really see special with them right now. Anthony Richardson himself is special. And I'm not just saying that because Anthony Richardson is a Florida Gator. I'm saying that because if you've not really taken a look at him play the quarterback position, Anthony Richardson is special. And it's very rare to find a quarterback two games into his NFL career and you can just signal out the fact that he's already special. That's Anthony Richardson right now. But with all of that being said, however, I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to stick with my conviction and I'm going to pick the Houston Texans to win this game. With or without C.J. Stroud, I still believe that they're the much better and more superior team. So once again, I'll take the Texans to win that game, to win their first game of the 2023 NFL season. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Doesn't this game feel as though it's a must win for Brandon Staley? We've all talked about Brandon Staley. We've all given our various thoughts about Brandon Staley. I'll give you a little bit of a recap of my thoughts on Brandon Staley. I feel as though Brandon Staley should have been fired after that debacle in Jacksonville in the playoffs. But the Chargers felt as though he should return as their head coach for another season. The Spanos family felt that he's done a great job up to this point, keeping them relevant in the AFC playoff conversation. But at some point or another, you're going to need him to start winning games that he shouldn't win. And that's the hallmark of a great coach in the National Football League. Can you win a game that you're not supposed to win? This game should be a must win for the Chargers. Although they're the heavy favorites, and although I think that they are going to win this game, this is one of those games where you can become a little bit complacent, where you automatically know that you're the heavy favorite, and you automatically know that you're playing a team that's banged up, they're having questions surrounding their quarterback position right now, and you're just going to come in and play your lackadaisical style of football. You can't afford to have that happen. Because if that happens and you guys fall behind, there's going to be those recurring questions about Brandon Staley and his job security. Justin Herbert is too talented of a quarterback, and you guys have a great collection of talented skill position players for this team to still be below average right now in the AFC playoff picture this early on in the season. So I think that the Chargers are going to win this game, and it's going to cause some questions for Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans if they lose this game and drop to 0-2. Because in the AFC South, once again, anything is possible. But when you're 0-2, we all know what the NFL statistics tell us. If you're 0-2, there is a very small likelihood that you're going to be able to make it to the postseason. So I think, once again, the Chargers are going to win that game. And I think that they're going to win it comfortably, if I should say so myself. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling up to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. Was week one a fluke for the Raiders? That's the very big question heading into this game between themselves and the Buffalo Bills. We saw the Raiders go to Denver and take on the Broncos and win that game by a point. 
And the reason why they won that game was because of some shoddy play calling down the stretch from Sean Payton, some very questionable decisions that he made on fourth down, and some of the conservative things that they were doing offensively caused the Raiders to stay in that game. I don't believe that they're going to have that luxury playing the Buffalo Bills. I think that if you take a look at the Bills and how they were marginally embarrassed on Monday night by the New York Jets, I think that they're going to come out in week two and they're going to want to make a statement. They're going to want to make a statement basically implying that we're still a force to be reckoned with in the AFC and in the NFL as a whole. And their mission is going to start when they beat the Las Vegas Raiders, which I think that they're going to do. How do they do it, though? I think you do it by making sure that Josh Allen has a big day through the air and also a big day on the ground and getting Stefan Diggs involved early and often. That's always the key. But getting some of those other receivers involved as well, Khalil, Khalil Shakir, Gabriel Davis, who everyone thought was going to be an instant number two in that offense, getting your tight ends involved and trying to find some semblance of a run game. And of course, if your defense does their part and does their job, then that should be an easy win for you guys. So I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to defeat the Las Vegas Raiders in this game. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams got a very sneaky win in week one. If you haven't been paying attention, you could have easily glossed over the fact that the Rams went up to Seattle and beat the Seahawks in a game that everybody, myself included, thought the Seahawks should have won. This is what happens, though. This is the reason why the NFL is a week-by-week type of sport, because you can't get stuck on what you did last week. You have to focus on what you can do this upcoming game. I like the Rams. I think that we overvalued the rebuild job that they were going to have to go through. I think Sean McVay has done a great job of keeping that team focused on what their goal should be, and that's to make it into the postseason and still show the NFL world that we are forced to be reckoned with. But I think San Francisco is just too legit. I think that what they have as far as collection of talent is concerned, they're just going to run over the Rams. That's not me trying to disrespect the Rams. That's not me trying to disrespect Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, the whole team. But we just know that the 49ers are a better team. And right now, I think it's easy for some to even say that Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. I won't deny that fact. I think that he is a better quarterback right now than than Matthew Stafford. So I'm going to take the 49ers to win that game. Next up, we have the New York Giants, New York football Giants, traveling down to Glendale to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Let me first say this before I give my prediction. You guys out there in Arizona, you guys have been doing a very great job of continuing to listen to this show. Whether you're in Scottsdale, Glendale, Phoenix, you guys have done a great job by continuing to listen to this show. And I thank you so much to all of you guys out there in Arizona that continues to play sports court no matter what it is that you may be doing. And to all of you guys throughout the, throughout the country, throughout the world, you guys really make this show what it is. And I thank you so much. I can't stop telling you how much I thank you for continuing to listen to this pod. But more specifically to those of you out there in the Arizona area, thank you for your listenership. With that being said, however, I'm going to have to break your heart. I think that the Giants are going to win this game. I think that the Giants were embarrassed so badly on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys or by the Dallas Cowboys that they're going to want to come out and show everybody that they're not that team. And of course, they can't afford to do that. Daniel Jones is making too much money. Saquon Barkley made too big of a fuss in the offseason about not getting paid. 
you're going to have to at least at some point or another string together a win somewhere. And I think that they start winning here when they travel out to Glendale to take on the Cardinals. Listen, we all know what the Cardinals are trying to do right now. They're not trying to hide it, and we all know what they're not trying to hide. They're basically telling us that we want that first overall pick in the draft, so we're not trying to win games. We're just trying to stand pat here, lose as many as we can, and hopefully with the number of games we lose that can put us in prime position to get that first overall pick in the 2024 draft, which may turn out to be either Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's just my thought. Next up, we have the New York Jets traveling down to Arlington to take on the Dallas Cowboys. This was supposed to be one of the more marquee games of the weekend. Aaron Rodgers bringing his New York Jets into Jerry World to take on his former coach, Mike McCarthy, and the Dallas Cowboys. And now we know that that's not going to be the case. Zach Wilson is going to step back into his role as QB1. I would say something, but I don't know how well it's going to go over with you guys in my audience. Don't be surprised if the Jets walk out of Jerry World with the victory. That's all I'm saying. Because I think it can happen. Because no one is really buying into the Jets hype anymore now that Zach Wilson has returned to QB1. And it's very ironic to me to think that people were so bought into the notion that the Jets could be a Super Bowl team when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. But now that Zach Wilson is the quarterback with that same talent that Aaron Rodgers was going to use, now everybody doesn't think that they're a Super Bowl caliber team. Now everybody thinks that they're a bottom team in the AFC East now that they no longer have Rodgers in his healthy form. I just find that kind of laughable because I never realized that it took one player to determine if a team could be in the Super Bowl or not. Now, of course, we saw that in Tampa Bay play out when Jameis was flown out of town and Tom Brady came in and they won the Super Bowl in his first year. But I just find it kind of crazy to think that people are this bought out of the notion that Zach Wilson can be a long-term starter in this league. Zach Wilson, of course, he hasn't really had the type of career that everyone thought he was going to have coming out of BYU. But if you would have paid attention to his career at BYU, he would have shown you that there were a few kinks in the armor, so to speak. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys right now, what more can I say? You guys have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Some would even go as far as to say you have the best defense in the NFL. You guys have playmakers on both sides of the ball, and you also have an owner that cannot wait around too much longer to win another Super Bowl. He wants it and he wants it now, regardless of what he says in the public. So I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. I don't think it's going to be what people are predicting it to be. Some people are even saying that this is going to be a blowout. I'm not seeing it that way. I think that the Jets stay in this game. It may even come down to the wire, and it may come down to one of the kickers having to step in and make their part in this story known. And if that's the case, I believe that it's going to be Dallas sending their kicker out to win the game for them and move to 2-0 on the season. Next up, we have the Washington Commanders traveling out to Denver to take on the Broncos. The Commanders won in week one by beating the Arizona Cardinals. The Broncos lost in week one by losing to the Las Vegas Raiders. Who, Who needs this win more? That's the most pressing question of this entire matchup. Who needs to win more? The Denver Broncos, of course, needs to win more. Because I don't believe that Russell Wilson has too many days left in Denver if he doesn't clean up his play. Because one thing we know about Sean Payton is that he's not going to be the type of coach that's going to sit around and wait for you to figure it out. Either you figure it out on the fly 
or you're never going to fit into what I like to do offensively. And I think that if you really have been following the tea leaves over the course of this past offseason, there's a lot simmering at the top of the pot when it pertains to Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. But with that being said, I believe that they're going to win the game. I just, this basically comes down to picking between the lesser of two evils. Washington still has problems, although Chase Young is going to be back in this game, even though it feels like he's missed the past five years with a neck injury, but he's going to be back in this game. Ron Rivera still has faith in Sam Howell being their quarterback, which if he has unwavering faith in him, then he must think that that's going to turn around that offense. They didn't play bad in week one, but they could have played better. But I'm still going to have to take the Broncos. I just think that they need this win more than the Washington Commanders, and I think that they get the job done at home in front of their faithful crowd at mile high. The Sunday night football game. The Miami Dolphins will travel up to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Listen, nothing against the Patriots playing on primetime, but doesn't it feel like the Patriots shouldn't be on primetime? Last week, they played in the 325 game on CBS when they hosted the Eagles, and now they're on Sunday Night Football on NBC as they get ready to host the Dolphins. We all know what the Dolphins are going to do in this game. Tyreek Hill may have 200 receiving yards before the first half has concluded. And Tua may throw a party on this Patriots defense, although this same Patriots defense kind of shut down and kind of stifled Jalen Hurts in that Eagles offense last week. Can they do it two consecutive weeks in a row? I think that they can, due in large part to the type of coach that Bill Belichick is. But this is still Miami that we're talking about. Their offense right now is an offense that I don't think we've seen in the NFL in quite some time. With that being said, I am going to take the Dolphins to win this game, and I believe that they're going to cover, and I believe that they're going to have a big night in the office from their playmakers. And those are my thoughts on that. Monday Night Football, the first game, we have the Saints playing in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. Saints are favored in this game, so that's going to make Carolina home dogs. Nothing against Bryce Young, nothing against the Carolina Panthers, but let's just be real with ourselves. Everybody came into this season after the Saints signed Derek Carr with the belief that the Saints are going to win the NFC South. That's what's just my belief, and I think others of you out there feel the exact same way. Because they are. Carolina still has some growing pains that they have to get through, more specifically trying to develop an offense so that Bryce Young can be as comfortable as he can be, and also trying to work out a few kinks within that wide receiver core that they need to address in the running game is one of the most underrated running games in all the NFL. When you really think about their collection of talent at that position, they're, they're not scrubs. Although some people would say that they are, but they're not scrubs. You can't really be a scrub and last this long in the NFL. Just my thoughts on that. And, the, and I was about to say the final game that we're going to predict, but we've already predicted Browns and Steelers. But for those of you that missed out on the Friday show and missed out on the Open, I am going to take the Cleveland Browns to win the game. So quick refresher for you. The Bears will beat the Buccaneers. The Falcons will beat the Packers. The Texans will beat the Colts. The Lions will beat the Seahawks. The Chargers will beat the Titans. The Bengals will beat the Ravens. The Bills will beat the Raiders. The Chiefs will beat the Jags. The Niners will beat the Rams. The Giants will beat the Cards. The Cowboys will beat the Jets. The Broncos will beat the Commanders. The Dolphins will beat the Patriots. The Saints will beat 
Carolina, and finally, Cleveland will beat Pittsburgh. And those were my week number two picks. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that will bring today's episode to a close. So until next time, until Monday, enjoy the remainder of your Saturday. Enjoy the games on tomorrow. Stay safe, take care, and most importantly, God bless. (laughs) 